so. Introverts. <laughs> Welcome, humans and people alike, to uh, the semi bookish podcast minus one. Minus. <laughs> this is season three. Season one ended when Jen left. Season two has ended when. Andy left. Yeah. Oh, we are right. now on season three. You two sure. better not leave. Yeah, Thanks. but what number episode are we on? I wish I knew because I actually don't. I think it's three. Three people for season three. <laughs> <laughs> episode three. So, oh, wait. I can look it up on my phone. You can look this up yes, on your phone. because I have Spotify. Oh, you're I don't look at Spotify. like, which episode we're on. Anyway, while I'm looking that information up, this, do you want to tell us what you're... Well, I'm thinking, first of all, you know what would be very hilarious? Um, And I'm just going to put this here because when it starts up, I think it'll be even more funny. Do you remember the episode that we did when he wasn't here? Yeah. And how I used a completely separate intro music? Yes. Do you think I should do that again just for giggles? (laughs) Me. We'll go back to normal, I promise. It's up to you. All right, perfect. Um, And for those who are uh, just now tuning in, this is a semi-bookish podcast at the Adrian District Library. On 143 East Mommy Street. Woo. Um, Come say hi. Yes. And also, yeah. <laughs> um, Grant, what are you reading? Because I feel like you should introduce yourself since we're starting season three. Yeah. My name's Grant. <laughs> <laughs> and... I almost jumped on my drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you reading, Grant? Um... I am reading The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, you finally got yes. it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It is very good. Is it? Okay. Um, How far into it are you? Just short of half. Okay. It's, right. it's, it's, it's pretty lengthy. It's, uh, yeah. In fact, it might be his longest one to date. I'm not. Okay. I think so, maybe. Wow. Not sure. But um, talk about a course correction. Yeah. This is very, very good. Okay. Um, I hate to use I hate the term return to form sure. because it, 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 it makes it feel like you expect one thing from an author and then they deviate from that and then and it sounds very yes. short, but but it's a return to quality. So um, <laughs> we'll say nice. that. Um, okay. is it similar yeah. to his some of his work that you've enjoyed before? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um it's uh so plot wise it's it's very much in the kind of it's in the realm that he excels in and mm-hmm. like a group of privileged people mm-hmm. who are completely numbed to everything mm-hmm. through over oversaturation blah 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 blah, sure. blah. Sure. Oh, you know over drugged over sexed over everything yeah um however this one this one in particular is very well it's you know, quote unquote autobiographical. That's that's the that's the framing device. Is that how he sells it? That's how he sells it. I mean he was a main character in one of his other books. So yeah, so he thing. kind of does that, yeah. No. Um but the, the the plot is that him he's he's a young aspiring author going to a West Coast prep you know, prep school, preppy school. Um and it's uh, you know he's gay. He's, his friends don't know that, so he's living a second life. Blah 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 blah. blah. He um, in the in the background of all this, there's a uh, there's a serial killer called the Trawler that's kind of preying on young young people. And interesting. Um, it's uh, no, it's 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 really good. Um, just it's de- it definitely brings you to a time and place. This being. 1981 
LA, okay. LA area, area yeah. California. Um, very nihilistic, very, although, although there is like, I won't, I won't say that, he, that his, that he's kind of, um, he hasn't lost his edge or anything, but there's a definite warmness to mm. it. Like almost him remembering these things fondly, even though a lot of it's fictional, Right. Yeah. but you get the sense that, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe Mr. Ellis is, uh, I don't want to use the word softening, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Maturing. Maturing. Perhaps. Maturing. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. though he's, he's, he's kind of stayed in this realm of young privileged people, but yeah, it has a, has a different feeling. It takes its time. Um, it's a lot more, it's a lot looser. Okay. And some of this other stuff, which I like. That's so, interesting. Okay. Um, it's still, I, I will say, every content warning under the sun, if you want to read it. But, <laughs> okay. It, yeah. Right. That, that's par for the course with him. So. Oh, okay. Oh All right. Well, that's okay. fair. Yeah. 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 Who wants to go next? Pick away on the triangle. Tony. Uh, okay. Um, I am. Oh, I'm loving what I'm reading right now. It's called "The Poppy War" by R.F. Mm-hmm. Kuang, which is the first of a trilogy. I feel like I've heard of that, but I haven't actually read it. So yet. on podcast number two, I think okay. I was, had started reading it, and I had read like the first chapter, and I liked the first chapter and was impressed by it. But you know, my attention span for books is dreadful um, fair so same I absolutely was in one of those spaces but I due to some changes in my reading habits lately um, I blazed through 200 pages of that of that book and oh my god it is so it's good in the sense that if you like Harry Potter, or Ender's Game because it, it reflects both. It has the militaristic. Because it's set at it's set at a no, we don't. That's why I'm mentioning this now. Um, it is a it's set at a I'm military academy. I'm writing it down. Um, like Ender's Game is, and it is about young people at a military academy. The main character is. 16 instead of six um but it is it does have that like young genius goes to military school um and is the underdog and must you know triumph that kind of thing the thing i think that certainly marks it out as unique and was certainly part of the marketing is the fact that it is written by uh, a chinese um american woman it is about a you know it it, it uses chinese uh, mythology, history, and culture to, in the same way that Harry Potter uses British uh, history, mythology, and culture in order to couch itself, you know, to create a whole new world, um, including everything to names and dates and, I mean, just all that kind of stuff. But, and it reads easily, like Harry Potter does. Like, it's very, like, it just clips along. The pacing's really good. But it, I think the thing that really makes it special, and this is going to sound bizarre but it's a thing that I had to go oh that is still strange in today's literary culture I've never read a hero's journey kind of story even though it's a little bit more brutal from the perspective of a young woman of color Mm -hmm. in her own country like and and the level of brutality that the author is forces her character through 
is on par with you know the classic classic tales it's not she does not go easy on her and that includes there is an and this is not this is a spoiler so i'm gonna like not say too much just all i'm gonna say is menstruation is a plot point oh and that is all i can say um and I can say it's my favorite plot point so far, but it is the one in which if you are a person who has ever menstruated, you probably either will hate it because it hurts or feel really, really weird about it. I don't know if anyone other than the author could go, yes, I love this moment. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, how did she write that? Because that's... She, she menstruated what like i it's it's nuts it's great it's great it's nuts i'm interested to see where it goes from here because it's still like school days and that's just part one so parts two and three i assume are gonna push us forward into the war that they're going to military academy for um, are parts two and three already released or is that well so yeah books two and three are released but the book the first book is split into parts one one two and three so the first part of that book is very it's all you know school days academy if you ever read anything with you know, kids going to school, it's that vibe, you know, down to the teachers and the bullies and the, you know, so on and so forth. But the, yeah, it's a, it's really good. I really I, like it. I just Googled the section that you were talking about just, just to give my own insight. Because you were like anybody who has done, like, done that before, like, might feel weird or, like. About her response to it? Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot. Um, but it's reading it I'm actually really just glad that they included it yeah because you know Katniss goes through the Hunger Games three times and never has a period yeah or is never we know but that's yeah or is never sterilized but that's also in any fantasy novel like they don't touch that in any fantasy novel but well that's because most fantasy novels are about boys right but like Katniss is basically a boy with hair but if any fantasy novel has like female like protagonists like they don't touch it either that's because they're all dudes yeah, with boobs. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm going there. But anyway, that's it's a great book. I, I highly recommend it. I can't wait to see how the rest of the first book turns out. And then, of course, the trilogy. <laughs> but Aaron, what are you reading? Well, besides the book that we discussed, we're discussing this episode. Yes. Aaron's um, the only one who read it. Um, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to shoot questions at her. I don't know about you. I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did we read the same book? No, it was great. It was it was a little bit long. The part where they find the whale that was really cool. <laughs> um, um, no, Rufus so, the whale. I'm gonna pretend I, I, wish, I know what that. I <laughs> wish he was a whale. This would make it so much better. To be honest, I'll explain later. Yeah. Um, so what are you reading? But now, because I've just finished it like yes. a few hours ago. By the way. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I decided instead of reading the normal book, I read the graphic novel. Which but, I love. Um, now I decide, I have this book in my house and I haven't actually read it yet. Despite the fact that I brought it home from the library and I just haven't opened it. Yeah. But it's called The Minuscule Mansion of Myra Malone by Audrey Burgess. Oh! Um, it's okay. a cute little, like, so if you like little cute things... <laughs> Then you will like this book. <laughs> There's a whole range of things. Carry no. on. No, so... Um, <laughs> There's a lady, her name is Myra Malone, obviously, <laughs> and she basically has in her attic, like, this dollhouse mansion, and she vlogs about the dollhouse mansion. Like, that's just what oh. she likes to do. Okay. And she creates stories from 
the dollhouse and she blogs about it. And oh, that's, that's kind of her thing. Cute. Okay. Um, so she's basically like tethered to the whole entire mansion. She's like to the dollhouse mansion. Mm-hmm. And um basically it's a magical realism because the mansion, random rooms will appear in it, like music will play, it'll dis- stuff will disappear. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of she's obsessed with the mansion and then meanwhile there's also a um guy who has a custom furniture business meanwhile like across the country and uh two fans of the mansion are trying to basically recreate part of the mansion oh i see and so it's kind of basically like the both of them expanding their boundaries and also reflecting on like the past but they also both come together and there's kind of like maybe a little romance in there i haven't gotten that far yet okay i thought i thought it would sound cute and um it'll cleanse my palate from having to read the book that you made me read so, that neither of you read in response. That's true. Whose idea was it what in the is, first book? It was, it was Andy. Andy. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm blaming Andy. If you're listening to this, it's, how dare you make me read this, by the way. So what is the title of the book that you read that we didn't make time for? So the book <laughs> that Andy uh, forced me to read. Yes. Um, was Kindred by Octavia Butler. And yes. I'm not going to say that... And you read the graphic novel version, I read the right? graphic novel version. So, who did the adaptation, just so that we're... Uh, give like... me a second, because let me pull up on Hoopla for a second. Um, so it was done by... doesn't tell me. How rude. It just says it was published by Abrams. Oh, you know what? Here, let me look on Goodreads really quick, because it should say... Yeah, it just doesn't say. What? On my copy... Online. This is now an ASMR podcast. Oh, oh Damien Duffy. Duffy. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing. Yeah, he's so, okay. Yes. So my experience reading this book might be different from other people who have read the actual novel itself. Yes. Or, and I believe we were going to read it because they came up with a Hulu limited series. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, the main thing is, is so my plus it's Black History Month, so there's yes. that aspect. Um, to and it. I'm not gonna say that like Octavia Butler isn't a good writer. I just feel like because you don't really know. I don't really <laughs> know, but to be honest, I feel like having a graphic novel novel adaptation of this book doesn't probably do it a lot of justice. Why would you um, assume that? Because as I'm reading it, and I'm a very fast, especially with graphic novels, skimming right. reader, mm-hmm. like, I get a lot of what I need to know from the context of the picture. Right, because you've been reading manga since you were, yes. like, 10. Yes. Yeah, so so yeah. a lot of what I read, I will just go lightning fast. And yeah. if there are, like, 10 text bubbles on one single panel, I'm ignoring that panel fully, and I'm just going to keep moving on because I do not want to spend... There were that many text bubbles on there? There was like seven text bubbles on one panel for a conversation between And it wasn't two... a full page panel? No, it was oh, like yeah, one of the no. tiny panels. And that, I'm like, no. I can't do that. Like That sounds like messy graphic novel writing. It is me. messy graphic novel writing 101. But like, <laughs> I just, so I, I'm not going to say that like the book is probably better than the graphic novel. So if you're okay. going to turn around and you're going to actually read or and or listen to Kindred by sure. Octavia Butler, yeah. skip the graphic novel. Don't do it. Okay. Go for the actual so book. Give us a summary. Summary. Um, as best as you can about um, 
the book. All right, so a spoiler warning for who anybody who's ever not read this, because I'm going to spoil the heck out of this book. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, so welcome to um, book discussions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the whole entire premise is initially in about 1976, and I gotta remember the main character's name. Her name is Dana. Um... I'm also just Googling it just in case I forget what her name is. <laughs> so uh, please note that that's how my life works. But uh, Dana, who's the main character, she lives in 1976. And the story is basically about a... It's science fiction-y, and I don't really get a lot of the science fiction out of this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can understand why, but I'll explain later. Yeah. Um, so Dana, who's 26, so she's around our age, she is thrown back into time just like all of a sudden yeah into uh 1815 maryland by the way um and that's the time setting and i'll explain another part later that kind of irks me messy graphic novel writing 101 but so she gets thrown back in time and there is a white boy and he's drowning and she's like Oh my god, I have to save him because this is 1976. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, yes, there's still struggles happening, but like, there's a child and they're drowning. I need to save them. Yes. Turns out that the child that she saves is actually her ancestor. No, and Dana is. Dana is black. Okay. He's yes. white. Yes. Okay. So that needs to be like immediately put out there. Okay. Now, does this create a, a Back to the Future esque time conundrum where. No. Well, yes, but no, I'll explain in a minute. Um, so so she saves him and learns when she comes back to the future that... <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> when she comes back to the future, that he's her ancestor and that there is um, another slave on the plantation that he owns... That is his also his great ancestor. So in some That's also her great ancestor. So she's yes. related to both. She's related to both the of them. Slaver like, and the slave. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so she's like kind of having a moment where she's like, oh my god, I'm related to this guy. I didn't know this about my family. Da-da-da-da-da. But like there's this great grandmother Hager. Like she's not even born yet. So I guess she comes out of this union and this is the two characters. It's Rufus and Alice are... Is this something that Dana has known about her history, or is she finding out, like, in this... She hasn't known that he's white, but she knows that uh, Alice, her great-grandmother Hager's mom... Right. ...was, I want to say, in love with, because I feel like that's what they initially put it out as. Yeah. But, like, she had relations with Rufus, and but it was not noted until later until she mentions it and she's found out about this that rufus is actually the slave owner's son right and so she finds out that she only goes back in time when rufus is in danger of dying gotcha and she can only come back to the future if she puts herself in mortal danger right and so she ends up going as a modern black woman as modern as you can get in 1976. Sure. A modern black woman goes back in time multiple times to witness the um, aging and the growth of her ancestors, mm-hmm. Rufus and Alice. And she kind of has to, she learns about their 
connection and the relationship that they have and all of this other stuff. And it ends with um, her cutting off her arm so she can go back forward into time after she kills Rufus. <laughs> well, and so, one assumes she has good reason for killing Rufus. Does she yeah, because he was trying to assault her. Oh, well, there you go. Because it was right, so, uh, more spoiler alerts, because I'm just going to throw the whole entire thing out the window. Um, the last time she goes back into time, mm-hmm. uh, there's an argument that Alice and Rufus had had. And Alice and Rufus, um, Alice tries to run away again because she's upset. She is mad. She's angry. She's been basically a sex slave this whole entire time to Rufus. Right. And she does not want that. She wants to be free. She wants to go elsewhere. Yeah. But she has both Hager and Joe, which are the two kids that belong to both Rufus and Alice. And so she wants to run away. So she tries to run away and she leaves the kids there. Mm -hmm. He gets her back and then immediately without telling her, and she only finds out like that day that it happened, sells them. And I'm, you can't see me, but I'm using quotation marks here. He sends them to his sister's house in Baltimore for a couple right. days for her to chill out. But Alice. But Alice doesn't know this. Thinks and so, that he sold them because what else is she supposed to yeah, think? Yeah, so in response, yeah. she hangs herself. Mm-hmm. And so Dana comes back because... Obviously, Rufus is in a whole mental state, and he's about to do the exact same thing to himself. Right, so, so he's in danger, yeah. So he's in danger, so she comes back and saves him. He decides at that moment that Dana, who has been with him his whole entire childhood and throughout his life through these big moments. Of course. And him deciding that basically he owns her at this point. He, plot twist, he doesn't. I mean, of course not. So he's like, well, you're going to stay here. You're not going anywhere. And she's like, no, I'm leaving. Like, I'm done with this. We're done with this. Mm. All of this is done. Mm -hmm. So he's like, no, you're staying. So he tries to grab her and take her back. But also, like, in that sense, from where I was grabbing this context clues-wise via the panels, I'm pretty sure he was about to assault her. And so she stabs him and then cuts off her arm to leave. And then the epilogue is them trying to figure out what happened to everyone. But, like, it's speculation at best on what exactly happens afterwards. Oh, wow. Is the mechanism by which they time travel ever explained, or is it almost like a spiritual? Supernatural it's never explained thing? in the graphic novel. Like it, it is sounds... never explained. Well, it's, so it sounds to me because I heard I, I listened had... to a podcast for a while, and I still like the podcast, but I haven't listened to them in a, a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking. It was a science fiction podcast where they were mm-hmm. talking about just you know they frequently because one is a. Uh, an editor and the other is a critic and so yeah. they and an academic so they frequently because they've read so much that they frequently will talk about how science fiction has developed and what used to be considered science fiction what you know all that kind of thing and one of the things that the academic brings up all the time is he's like people always say that time travel is a science fictional property but it never was because there's no such no. thing there's no like, like, the, like time travel is complete bunk Every person who's ever studied science will tell you there's no way to make it work. It doesn't happen. It doesn't make sense. So it's actually a fantasy yeah, thing this applied is a fantasy to trope. 
science fiction. And so, like, he was being brought up, kindred by Octavia Butler, and he was like, yeah, people call it a science fiction it novel, but it's not because this it is, uses time travel, and time travel is not a science fictional property. This is, his, this is historical <laughs> literary fiction with magical realism in the form of time travel just being thrown in there. You know what I would even probably call it? Because I, I, I think I've seen it called this before. Mm-hmm. And based on the descriptions of everything that you've given us, I would probably call it a horror novel, partly because of when what she experienced, when it was published, Mm -hmm. what she experiences. And it's very Stephen Kingy. Like if Stephen King was a black woman, this is exactly the kind of book he would have No, it really much is. It is like, so she like sits there and there's moments where you're like, okay, everything's going to be fine. And there are moments where I am literally sitting yet there and she explains to Rufus for like two seconds and he's like 10 or 12 at this moment. (laughs) She literally explains to him, I am not from here. But there is nothing in there and I don't know if it's because, you know, she just didn't want to like screw up the timeline or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, Obviously, if it's fantasy, you obviously can explore, like, parallel universes at that point. But, like, that's getting way too much in there. But she never explains, like, I am from a time where we are free and this is okay. Mm. It's never explained at all. She just, Dana just goes with it. Right. Instead of being. Instead of. But you know what I But, like, I honestly see, like, as a horror trope, Mm -hmm. her being very terrified to want to do that. It's just. Yeah. What sounds interesting about it to me, and this is just going off of the premise, mm-hmm. um, is that there's there's a thing that happens when you are writing to approve or to an approved audience where you feel like you have to explain something that a character would not ever know. Because the reason that, the reason she's able to go back is because her an ancestor Yes. is in mortal danger. It just so happens that that ancestor is a white dude. Yeah. And in 1815, as a white dude, the likelihood of him being a slave owner, which is why his descendant is a black woman, <laughs> is very high. Um, yes. So that, like, that already problematizes the relationship. Mm-hmm. But then her only way of coming back to her own time is, is to cause, to herself cause her own self damage and yes. danger. And so it's like that weird balance is not supposed to be, which is why, again, it's not a science fiction novel because a science fiction novel would do everything in the world to try to explain that. What is the particular reason for no, this happening? They don't explain it at and all. A fantasy, novel. And a fantasy novel would world build it to death. A horror novel is like, what would that feel like? like and just, punches you continually as you're trying to like the main thing that really just like punched me in the gut really like and this is just from the beginning when i was really paying attention yeah and that fits in that horror aspect because obviously for her to go back she has to cause damage to herself Mm -hmm. the first couple times she went back she didn't particularly understand that as a plot yet right she did not understand that the only way back was to cause herself damage Mm -hmm. She was having damage caused to her. Mm-hmm. And if we're in that time period, what is the only way that it's going to cause her damage is the abuse from the slave owners. Mm-hmm. And so the first two times she actually comes back is from being like lashed almost to death. So it's jarring because one, she doesn't yeah. know the rules. Yes. Whatever the like, rules are. Like if, if they can and she's rules. wearing pants the whole time that she's there. 
That sounds to me like the graphic novelist just... Yeah, no, she never wears any other clothes. I feel like that's lazy drawing at that point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the book may have described it that way. I don't know, but She's just wearing pants, and I'm like... That sounds really... That's your first problem, is you're wearing pants. But you know what? It it also might be an identifying marker for the reader to remember who Dana is the whole time. I mean, she is also wearing a blue shirt, so if they just kept her in blue, because everybody else was wearing Mm -hmm. gray, if they would have kept her in blue and just kept her in a blue dress or a blue skirt, or something yeah. like that. I'm sure that would work, especially because the color scheme of this book is so red and browns and oranges mm-hmm. and grays and blacks and whites. Yeah. That's like the whole color scheme of this whole book. Mm-hmm. She only goes back in a dress once. Like in a completely separate outfit. That's and it was because she was on a 4th of July trip. <laughs> and that was it. That was the only reason. Now, remind me, Dana is married to yes. a white guy, right? She's married to a white guy named Kevin. So does the book go into how her horrifying situation affects their relationship? Yes, because the second time she goes back, they're both talking. So her husband, Kevin, both of them met at a temporary job agency and they do go back and oh, explain how they got together. Yeah. They both were in a temporary job agency basically together and doing all these different things. And both of them want to be writers. Like okay. that is the main yeah. connection in their relationship. And Kevin's parents uh, actually do not approve okay. of the relationship. And this is something that is touched on. Oh, wow. Okay. Especially because it is... Like, at one point, they're like, you're marrying a colored woman? And I'm like, oh, my God, shut up. But her parents (laughs) actually approve, and they do go visit her parents at one point. So, like, that is a big part of their relationship because she goes back and she reflects on the fact that Rufus is white, Alice is black. And so at the time when she first gets there, she doesn't realize that this relationship between Rufus and Alice is going to be very toxic. Mm. Especially that that's just kind of what I'm getting from the graphic novel. Yeah. She doesn't understand that they're, it's a very toxic relationship, first of all. Well, yeah, I mean, he owns her, literally, legally, and everything else. (laughs) Like, my brain at first was going, oh, it's one of those forbidden love stories. It's not a forbidden love story, guys. No. (laughs) (laughs) So people should go into this knowing that it is supposed to be horrifying. Yes. So it's not it's not like Romeo and Juliet said no. Angelo himself. No, no this okay. is like this woman oh belongs to my family and she's mine. And if anybody takes her, that is a problem mm. because she is my property. It's not women's rights or like I really like her and I want us to run away into the woods together to live as hermits in a nice little log cabin away from no. everyone else. It is I know I'm very privileged and I'm going to own this plantation and this one specific person is my person and they're going to stay here the whole entire time even if I have to drag them back kicking and screaming and bleeding to death. So, actually happens by the way. But, um, so the second time she goes back, um, her and Kevin are having a discussion because he's at, because they're trying, when she's first there, they mention that she doesn't have any free papers. Mm-hmm. and so that's like a thing and so they're trying to figure out what are free papers when she comes back because neither of them know what they are it's and, so that is see that part is what I find so interesting yes. because it was the kind of thing that you could never write that book that way now 
like if it was set now, if you, if it was a woman in the, in the black woman in 2016 mm-hmm. who went back, she would know too much. One, she'd have read Stephen King. Yeah, if she wants to be a writer, or her husband, like they would have read Stephen King yeah. or been familiar enough with Stephen King to go, oh, I think I'm in a horror novel. <laughs> but two, they would have been, they would have known way too much about. Yeah. Even the like, smallest aspect were, of slavery. There they, would have been something that they would have recognized. They would have heard free papers and gone, oh, yeah. They those. were trying to, like, find, like, a copy of them so she could put it in, like, her bag. Because at this point, while she knew that she could go back, she didn't know when she would go back. But they were trying right. to find a copy of them so that she could keep them on her. So if she went mm-hmm. back, she could have them and pretend to be free. Mm-hmm. Um, they mm-hmm. never did find them because when they're discussing it, they're both together. And it happens, and it just so happens that Kevin is touching her at the moment that this is occurring. Okay. And both of them go back together. Gotcha. And this creates a whole entire thing where Kevin has to pretend that he owns her for this to actually work. (laughs) And Tony's giving, like, a big, like, face to this. But, like, he, Kevin has to Mm. pretend that he is Dana's owner. Mm Mm-hmm. For them to be able to stay there together in a place together. Right. And it gets to the point where what happens is, is Dana is working and she gets lashed and sent back. Kevin is not there. Because he's not touching her. He's not there because he's off doing something else. Oh. So he's not there. So he's so not touching her. She back. gets sent back and yeah. he's stuck there. But here's the thing. When she gets sent back, and this is like the most insane thing to me about how this works. When she gets back, it's been four months since she had... Since she left. Since she left. Yeah. When she finally goes back again, it's been five years. Okay. So Kevin has aged five years in that time frame. And the one thing that I don't appreciate is I really enjoyed the dynamic between Kevin and Dana as a couple. Yeah. And so all of a sudden he's sent back. And so she has to write letters via Rufus to be able to get Kevin to come back to her. Because he's out traveling because he's trying to figure out a way to come back. Oh, God. And here's the thing. Rufus, in an attempt to keep Dana there, does not send the letters. No, of course not. Until Alice finds the letters. Because she's pregnant at the time and she, Dana is teaching his kid how to read and write. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to basically keep her as a teacher at this point. Alice finds them, shows them to Dana, and Dana goes, oh my god. Her, his dad, who's like the most top, horrible, his parents are horrible. I hate both of them anyways. But like, he finds out and sends the Kevin's letters. Kevin's parents, Kevin's, right? yeah. No, no, Rufus's parents. Well, yes, they're slave owners. Yeah, <laughs> but he's the one who tells Rufus, no, you have to send these letters. Because while he still believes in the format of, and I can't believe that this is written out this way, but even though he believes in the format of them being property, he still believes in the equal exchange between white people and black people. So he's like, wait, you... Wait, I'm yeah. confused. Yes. So, yes. Rufus's dad... Yes. Yes. you have to send the letters to Kevin because... You agreed that you would, and you had her do these tests 
for you. Oh, okay. So, so basically, Rufus's, so, okay, so, okay, Rufus's yeah, dad got it. believes, basically, despite the fact that, yes, they're my property, that um, if you have them do a task with the promise of doing them another favor for them in exchange, mm-hmm. you need to follow up and do that task. It's like a code of honor kind yes. of thing. Yes. Oh, no, and so eventually he <laughs> yeah. does send the letters and Kevin does come back. Mm-hmm. But like the biggest thing is, is like because it's been five years and when they finally go back, mm-hmm. there's like a dynamic shift for a hot minute because he has to put himself back into the main world. Into modern yeah. society. Yes. And so it brings a little bit of that toxicity back in. And I hate that because I'm like, why would you do this to these characters? I just want him to be there and be nice to them. And no, you have to destroy everything. Would. So here's my. Here's a question. Um, I told you I would ping you with questions. That's fine. <laughs> would you have. Do you think you would have reacted differently had you known that it was going to be a horror show, like that this was going to be a horror novel, would you have gone in with different expectations then and received all of these horrors as less of a WTF kind of thing? Yes. If I had gone into this novel, because please note for everybody listening at home, I went into this whole entire thing completely blind. I had never heard of Kindred. I had never known that it existed. Oh, I, and no one told you that Octavia Butler's mean. No. So I went oh, into this whole thing completely blind. I hate you, Andy. <laughs> just kidding. Don't read Parable of the Sower. <laughs> Anytime I, soon. I might read it just for giggles. Is it also just as bad? Like horror So in Parable of the Sower, yeah. Parable of the Sower is like part one of a duology that mm-hmm. she kind of wanted to make it's a also quadrology, a graphic novel format, but, by the way. So I might just read it just to see if there's a difference in between because yeah, I believe it's par- done by the same person. It is Oh, okay. But Parable of the Talents is the one where she creates, I kid you not, you know, scream if you've heard this before, um, a demagogue who was also a popular um, television star becomes the president of the United States. What is and his, what is campaigns, his campaign slogan is Make America Great Again. <laughs> Parable of the Talents was published in 1995. Okay. So, th- there you go. That um, that's 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 I, Octavia I, Butler. I feel like for if you. I had gone into I feel like if I had gone into this like knowing like this would be as jarring as it is. Yeah. I would have had a different reaction. Not like in a bad way, but I might have been like Do you think you would have liked it more yes. or okay. Because this sure. was originally just touted all I knew from this is Tony went there's slavery in my time travel novel like that's it yes so you just knew that's those are the only two things you knew you didn't all really I know knew was that anything there else. was time travel and that's it that's all I knew okay right um and so I just kind of went into this going okay there's time travel how does this fit in and then I read it and then I went oh she's stuck there and then she kept going back and forth and after like the two times of her going back and forth I was tired I wanted to take a hibernation nap I don't want to deal with this like time travel back and forth you should have just kept her there for a hot bit and had her go through the thing which is so interesting that she didn't because it's I would have rather had her go through the whole thing feels to me as though like she's playing with the idea of ancestral lineage and how and and how easy it is to forget it Mm -hmm. but if you have 
mortal pain on both ends being the reason why you're jumping back and forth, Mm -hmm. you have no choice but to reconcile or at least dwell on, even if you're not reconciling it. Because it doesn't sound like they're reconciled. They're just horrified the whole time. No, I'm just horrified the whole time. You have to now... You're living with the reality of being a black woman in the United States of America, which is that your ancestry is a pile of garbage. It's horrible. It's because wild. Because you know, it's not going to be necessarily. It could be, but it's not going to be the kind of thing where, with immigrant stories, for example, (laughs) every I grew up with this. So I grew up with every white friend that I ever made had some, like, foundational love story for how their great-greats got here. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea how and, my family got here, by the way. And, like, it's a thing. Like, or, or you didn't know. Like, you either didn't know or you were like, I'm Irish and my grandmother's German and they met when, you know, in the immigration stuff and they fell in love with blah, 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 right? If you're an African-American and you don't know your history... You can generally when you begin, to <laughs> When you begin to study your history, you realize... That it is an absolute nightmare horror show. Mm-hmm. And there's no getting around that. Because even if you have, for example, so I did a um, an outreach this week mm-hmm. um, at Lincoln Elementary because they're doing a, a Black History Month read community oh, thing. It's Love really that. cool. So I signed up to go um, and I read so um, a book about Sir German Truth with them. And we did a Q&A afterwards. I love her speech. One of the kids said, because the book shows you, you know, it, it, it doesn't do this on purpose. It just shows you images of, um, like, it talks about her parents mm-hmm. and it talks about her being sold away from her parents. Right. Um, because she was a good worker and she, you know, and that was a good, that was a valuable quality. So she got sold away. Um, and then when she runs away because her master breaks his promise... Um, he doesn't free her when he said he would. She, she she's carrying a baby in all of the pictures. The baby's not mentioned in the 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 words, but the baby is physically in her arms the whole in time. the part where she's running away, and then she gets freed by abolitionists, and then after that, the baby's not there anymore. So, of course, the fourth graders were like, what? "Where's the baby? What happened to the baby? Where's the baby?" And then, but someone else was like, "What happened to her parents?" And so I had to like explain how slavery worked yeah. to them, which was which is the basic tenet was like, if you have, if you're on a farm, uh-huh. you have a pig. Mm-hmm. I used a cow. If you have a cow, which cow is better? The cow that produces milk, the cow that grows fat, the cow that if she is a female because she's a cow, um, births plenty of healthy babies that then go on to birth other babies. Is that the cow you want, or is it the opposite? Is it the scrawny cow that is obstinate and kicks you every time you try to milk it, or you doesn't produce milk, or doesn't eat well? Which one do you want? I hate that. As a farmer, exactly which answer I should go with. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then let's say you have horrible pigs. Like your pigs just aren't working. You get runs. You get I mean whatever. Mm-hmm. So you go to the market to trade your great wonderful fat cow for a pig of like status. Yeah. That's slavery 101. Yeah. But it's just not cows and pigs, it's humans. So. They actually kind of go into that a bit in the book. In yeah. In the graphic novel, too. Because there's, like, moments where they're like, well, where did this person go? Oh, well, we sold them. Well, right. why'd you still sell them? And Rufus is like, well, it was already like that for my dad. I didn't, from my dad. I didn't do anything. I just had to follow through with it. And I'm just like, you liar. 
Well, and that's the thing is like is like you know it was good business to sell your slaves. In because it was a trading mm-hmm. thing, like you not you didn't just sell them because someone wanted them. You right. recognize their quality, and you recognize how much money you could get for them, or you recognize that you could get another slave. In like you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that kind of it's 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 a market for a reason. Um, so the whole idea of like one's history as an African American in this country is that you. If you if your ancestors came in the transatlantic slave trade, your entire <laughs> ancestral history prior to the Civil War is a horror show. Slaves didn't fall in love with each other and bear wonderful children. And they didn't even raise their kids. Right. Because as soon as the baby came out, it got sold. Or she got sold. Or they just yeah. it, they, you didn't have families as slaves. And so the idea of tracing one's lineage becomes impossible at one point because you have to figure out how many farms your people were sold to, who was sold to the North, the South. I mean, and that's just like, let's say I just want to take my dad's lineage. And then if you go to the moms, then I have to look at my moms and it's like a whole other, it's like, it's a puzzle piece. And so I like, like is a relative term, but it sounds to me like Kindred is playing that game of like, let's figure out how to make this character, let alone the reader, let's make this character, this 26-year-old hopeful. She's so hopeful she married a white dude. Yes. Right? She feels so free she married a white man. And her parents are so free that they're like, yay, she married a white man. They're just like, oh, she married married someone. Yeah, and then she's jolted back to a time where she can't choose to be a writer. She... But she's forced to do copyright, like, she's forced to write letters for the guy. Yeah, right. Like, she's, like, everything that she's ever known about herself is completely repositioned. Flipped on its head. Yeah, not because, oh, now she has to live as a slave. Like, yeah, she does, but she's a slave to time. Yeah. Like, and ancestry and, like, lineage. Because let's think of it this way. Let's say she doesn't save Rufus. She puts it all together and she goes, I'm not saving you this time. What is that? What happens to her ancestry? If she kills him off too early, yeah. then her great great ancestry is born. That was that was actually born, one of the things like, that that's you know. one of the things that she had like a conflict with at one point because like the first child that was born to Alice yeah. is Joe. Joe is white and has ginger hair. Like oh well, um, that's okay. because Rufus is also ginger. Oh well, yeah. So yeah. this is the first Strong child. Jeans. <laughs> sure, I don't know to be honest, but like. <laughs> That's the first child to be born. And by the way, Alice is PO'd about that. I can imagine. Yeah. None of the children that she's had, stillborn or otherwise, look like her. So she's mad. Um, <laughs> which is a whole other, like, problem all in itself. But I'm not going to... I digress. Um, but, like, the whole entire thing is... The first child that she's come back to that's been born is not her ancestor. Yet. Mm-hmm. So at this point, she wants to help Alice escape and she wants to escape herself, but she can't because the person that's continuing on the lineage hasn't been born yet. And she knows that it's Rufus who is the father of that. Yes. Oh because that's what she's been told as a child. Yeah, so she knows So that, she yeah. knows that Rufus oh. is the person. It's just the whole entire time she did not realize that he was a slave owner. Like 
until she right. went back in time. She thought and, it was like a love story or yeah. like some kind of like she thought yeah. or like they were separated. She Which also plays into her whole you know, even her choosing to marry a white dude or even being attracted to a white man in the seventies yes. because like she's got this story in her head from her childhood and when you tell a child something like that it sticks and you just become you know i also just like randomly switching topics but also continuing the topic uh talking about because we were talking about earlier about graphic novel 101 (laughs) yeah yeah i actually want to yeah yeah at one point so it says it's set in 1815 and then turns around in it is 1815, by the way, because at one point she does say that, like, 30 years from now, we're going to have the Civil War. Like, she actively, like, says this at one point. It is, like, set in stone in here. But at one point, there's a typo in the graphic novel itself that decides to say that they're in 1715 instead. Like, this is physically in here, and I got so confused because I was under the impression that this was 1815, mm. and I had to go back and Google is this the correct time? Right. Like, what is the actual time frame this is set in? Because I wasn't sure. Because it was too dead. Especially because, like, in 1815, yes, there would be free people mm-hmm. around that area. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they go back to 1715 as, like, the thing, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Because in Maryland, they had, I don't even, they had settled, but we hadn't even had the Revolutionary War yet. No, that's true. What did, so, you, what did you think of the art style? Because I briefly looked through it and um, like, um it, so I, I was like completely sold. Mm. So for your for your viewpoint, there's the art style right there. I like the art style, but I don't like the way that the panels are set up sometimes because I just don't like the way that they do like side perspectives. Like yeah. it's three fourths perspectives. I don't like the way that the faces are drawn, and it's just that's just a personal preference to me. Um, um, yeah. Did you just kiss a man? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously no, that's fine that's, for me. That's Dana. That's Dana? That's Dana. That's Kevin. Uh, um, <laughs> Dana, oh, Dana has very right. short natural hair. That's fine. No, that's fine. She is like okay. a kid. Uh, and uh, so, like... Okay, all right. I also don't really, I'm not really vibing with the color palette, and I realize the reason that the color palette is there like that is because it's supposed to be a very solemn, Mm -hmm. like, horrifying type of book. It all kind of... So color theory-wise, I can take that. Yeah. However, staring at the same exact, like, three colors for, like, ten panels really just grates on you after a while and gives you a really big headache because it's all these same colors the whole entire time. Do you think it would have been better if it was just black and white? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if it had been just black and white, my head wouldn't have hurt as much. <laughs> I would admit that because uh, John Jennings is it the third, I think his name is last name. He's the illustrator and um, I have seen his work outside of graphic novel illustrations mm-hmm. I've never thought thought his graphic novel illustrations were all that. They're okay. They're not like the best. Yeah, yeah I was just um, kind of like okay, but his art outside of that—he's been to art for decades. Yeah. As particularly as particularly his Afrofuturism art is stunning. I mean, it's he's really good. I would. So I don't know why he. I don't know if graphic novel art is just not something that he's that fits what he does I, very I, well because maybe the constraints feel, are too well there's that you know. but there's also the fact that i 
wish there were more pops of color in there and it was all just like the same exact like very bleak and toneless color palette the whole entire time Mm -hmm. but i i mean as somebody who likes reading and understands storytelling and color and art hi um (laughs) i do understand like the point of how it works Yes. But that doesn't mean that I like it and would like to read it over and over again. No, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's like, and that's true of any, that's why I don't, like, I've read Beloved. It's not going to get better than Beloved. I really want to read Kindred now that you've given me the plot because I'm like, that sounds, as a book, as a novel, I think as a novel, that sounds it'll really be better. interesting. And I, I've, Octavia's Butler's on my list of people to read that I know that she's challenging. So we did get a new copy of it, so it's nice and new on the shelf. I have a copy too at home. Um, I've never, that's the other thing. They're re-releasing, I think they're re-releasing Kindred as a hardcover, like special edition next year, which makes me happy because it's the first cover of Kindred that I've ever seen that I liked. All the other covers are horrible, including the one that we have. Like, yeah. I don't know why people can't get this right, but I think it, is going to tie into this last point that I'm going to make about slavery narratives before I get going. Go ahead. Slavery narratives in the United States of America in fiction, Mm -hmm. to me, regardless of the actual content of the book, Mm -hmm. are treated with kid gloves far too often Mm -hmm. by publishing. So that instead of just saying straight up, Kindred is a horror novel. It is. A they have novel. to say it is a historical significant novel of slavery, and it's like no, 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 no. You don't understand. no. You're doing the reader a deep disservice when you don't tell them this book is not supposed to be happy. No. It's not supposed to give you good no. feelings. It is not. It is the ending of this dreadful. is dreadful. Leak because you do not know. Yeah. What happened to the people afterwards after she stabs Rufus? Right. Like you have an idea of like, yeah, the mansion burned down. And you have an idea of, like, these people got sold, but you have no idea what happened to them. You have no idea of their lineage. They even go back to towards, like, one of the plantations areas where they think they might have been. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows anything. And so you are stuck as a reader after having gone through this whole entire horrifying experience. And I'm saying this as a white woman, like, going through this whole entire experience of being not only horrified for Dana, but also for the other people that are there who have to deal with these horrors and you've grown attached to these extra characters you have no idea what happened to them which of course is exactly the truth of the history yes but 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 it is but but as a and in a story right it's a a story i was left unsatisfied because i don't know and that's i think that's the thing that we have to contend with when we're talking about slavery within fictional narratives we have to remember and do much more work and diligence as readers, but also as I think, I think it's not behooves writers and and people who create narratives to remember that ninety nine point nine percent of Americans don't know anything about slavery. No, at all. Like I had to explain to my mom and my brother that when black people say we built the country, it's no, the they truth, and they're like, no, no, no the masters would have helped. They would have worked alongside no. them. And I'm like, that's not slavery. That's not, why would you work along? You're not co-workers. No. <laughs> I'm not going to work if I have you to work. They didn't, masters didn't even bathe themselves. They didn't even brush their own they teeth. They had people they bathe had slaves for that. So like what, I digress. Grant. I'd like to know what the question yes. is that we have. Switch over Please. to the question. All right. <laughs> Let's leave on a so. happier note here. <laughs> would Unless, you rather? Oh, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Reread a familiar comfort book 
or yes. read something you've never read before? Well, well, Aaron, I know my answer, but... Can I reread Howl's Moving Castle? Because that's my comfort read. I, I feel like that love, applies my palate. Yes, I love Howl's Moving Castle. You should reread it. Thank you. Because I love that book. I will go grab the book and I'm going to go do that. I would choose uh, read something I never read before. Just because I, I always try to seek out newer stuff. But not necessarily new to me. New to me. Yeah, no, no. That's tr- I mean, this is a tricky one for me. Um, it depends on... Because I'm I, I'm a big rereader um, and a big rewatcher and a big reviewer. I You know, it's part of dissecting narrative for me it's easier to do it when you're familiar with what happens next um (laughs) but i am also i love finding something new i love that feeling of like discovering something that even if everyone else has discovered it i'm discovering it on my own terms i'm coming I, i love finding something new that's really good or that i feel is really good um that i can talk about on my own terms kind of thing so I, I don't have a rather. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I like to go back and like dissect stuff as well, but if I had to choose between. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I do like reading new things and I wouldn't mind doing that. But after having to read something brand new, I'd like to go back and collect <laughs> <my head. laughs> ah, Yay, we did it. Oh, God. And then there were three. <laughs> That's where you have to end it. <laughs> With a-